I didn't realize that. I'm, <laughs> it's going to be jumbled up as I go into the next thing. That's good. That was good. <laughs> okay. So anyway. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mark Burris. <laughs> I'm Peter Blankenship. And I'm John Girdler. And we have too much free time. <laughs> what we do with our free time, usually, is watch, discuss, and generally make fun of movies as a whole. So we decided to do a podcast about it. And it, with it being October and Halloween right around the corner, we decided to kick off our inaugural season of the podcast by basically going through the horror genre. Genre, I guess. That includes thrillers, slashers, you know, really anything that scares you. Or uh, doesn't scare you. Or doesn't scare you, I guess. I'd also like to add that I don't think we have too much free time, actually. It's just a witty title. Regardless, <laughs> the first of many horror films we've selected is the 2000 hit Final Destination. Wow, 2000. That was 17 years ago. Oh, don't make me feel old. Fast math. Fa- that is fast math. Fast math from the math teacher. So before we dive into this story, really, uh, had any of you seen this movie prior to this? Yes. Okay, you had seen it? Parts on TV. You hadn't seen it all the way through? Not all the way through. I I truly think this is probably like my sixth time seeing this movie. Sixth or seventh? It, it was my second, so not I sixth. Mean, I'm not saying that like bragging. I don't know why I've seen this movie this many times, but I, I feel like it's just been on TV a lot. <laughs> and it's just kind of a movie you can just have on for a little bit. There's a James Wong fan. I'm not a James Wong. I don't actually I don't know if I'm a James you Wong might fan. Be. I might be. Had you seen the uncut version before? If it's been on TV, I feel like you saw the censored version. I know. I've seen the uncut version before. Me, my, I think me and my brother rented this movie once when we were kids. Um, but, the, yeah, this is the first of six five. films. Oh, it's five? No, no, no. We did this because it goes five. Then it's the final destination. I thought that was five. No. I'm, oh, gosh. Regardless, there's too many of these movies. I don't know why they needed to make so many. And uh, then there's, like, books and comics. and. Yeah, this started a weird genre of just... And I feel like the important part of, part of this movie is I feel like a lot of other horror movies are referenced by this. Like if a weird death scenario happens in a different horror movie, I feel like they reference Final Destination in terms of the setup to how that character died. So even though this isn't like some amazing horror movie, it it left an impact. Well, I was getting some Donnie Darko vibes, ob- you know, obviously. Yeah, they're not kind of the, the tone. They're pretty much the same plot. One's just a little bit more cerebral. Yeah. I don't know. Both, both should have been places. Both sh- movies had the m- main character in a place where they should have died, and then they didn't. Yeah, but this one doesn't deal with time travel and time loops and alternate, di- you know. Well, yeah, that's the cerebral part, I guess. Um, well, I just wanted to note, so looking up stuff about, you know, like James Wong and then his other writer, Glenn Morgan. So they're like a duo, and they they are X-Files writing alums. That Yeah, I actually knew that solely from um, one of the fun facts I found about this movie was that the plot is based off an abandoned X-Files episode. Like, this was going to be an X-Files episode. Yeah, and then which the makes dude was sense. convinced by, like, a friend to make it a full movie. Bad I, friend. I, I think it would have been a better episode. Just Go back to X-Files. Okay. What's the scariest episode that you've ever seen of X-Files? The uh, incest yeah. episode. Is it called you want to know Home. who directed and wrote it? James them? Wong. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
You're so excited. I was. <laughs> I was like, oh, X-Files. I wonder if he had anything to do with home. And then he did. For, he freaking wrote it. For those of you listening that don't know what home is, home is the episode of X-Files that only aired once, then was pulled, and then has kind of made a reoccurrence. The yeah, whole, after syndication. Like yeah, it, after it, syndication. Because yeah. it was so disturbing and horrifying. It's a good episode. It's, did you, it's did terrifying. you look it up, John? Did no. You fig- yeah, but that's I didn't. it. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I do think this movie would have been a better X-Files episode, though. Like, imagine these kids, like Alex, the main kid, talking to Mulder and Scully about their theory of death. And I can see that playing out more. Well, yeah, we're there. The, they're the investigators coming in. Right. Of the t- other and two so guys. this we're not seeing what's actually happening. Yeah. We're seeing from an outside perspective. I would have enjoyed that more. That would have been a crazy move, like episode, for sure. Yeah, Just I like thinking that of better. every time the cops show up, it's... Scully and Mulder. So, yeah. That'd so be really cool. Instead of a secret Batman movie, secret X-Files movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I miss Scully and Mulder. I do. I didn't watch the new season. Um, Not enough free time. Yeah. I tried to pull the secret <laughs> secret Batman movie with this one, and the best I could do was John Constantine. Like, you could have John Constantine show up and play death in, like, a card game or something. Yeah. Being all British and smoking up a storm. But that's the best I got, and that's a pretty weak... No, he's not popping up in here. Yeah, he's not popping up in here. That's that's a pretty weak. This is a stretch to incorporate a superhero in. Maybe I'm wrong though. There's probably someone, some ultra nerd, that would just immediately be like, "Are you kidding me? What about this guy?" That's I imagine what they sound like. I speak for my own people there. I mean, do you have any other facts for us, Peter, or do you want to dive into the summary? Uh, I'm I'm ready to go. That that was just like my favorite thing. To find out he did what that episode. <laughs> My favorite thing about watching all of these movies is timing them and getting the, the actual runtime. Okay, yeah. So what actually is the runtime? I think it's supposed to be like a 98 minutes or something like that. So according to my stopwatch, um, I got one hour, 32 minutes, and four seconds. Wow. Ooh. Until the beginning of the credits. So 134, 2. 132, 4. Oh, my gosh. This movie would have been way too long. But if it ended up being uh, 180... 180 minutes, way too long of a movie, and I would have stopped it. But that would have been kind of cool. Or it was an hour and 25 minutes. September 25th, that's his birthday. He sat in, in 25i. Yeah. <laughs> 25. 25i. Okay. Let's, uh, I guess, jump into the summary. So we open up with Alex asleep, and it's just like showing around his room, and that dude has some creepy stuff in his room. <laughs> it's also a 90s room. Yeah, it's very 90s. The clowns. The, I didn't notice the clowns. It, it zoomed in on a clown's face several oh. times, and I thought it was going to play a bigger part in the movie, and it, they never really revisited. I know that I've, like I said, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, but I guess I never really paid attention to the opening, so I really tried to this time to see if there was foreshadowing. Oh. And it tricks you because the there fan? is the skeleton. Well, there's the skeleton hanging by its neck. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's how that kid Todd. dies later, Todd. So. Maybe the rest is it foreshadowing. Nah, it's kind of it. But it, like they do have like uh, the f- they keep going back to the fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know why. How do you even? S- they kept showing the brand name of the fan, and I, I was like, "Is this product really. placement?" Flu like, Fife or something? Flu Fife fan? Flu Fife? The father though. <laughs> so like they're like, he's packing up. Oh whatever. yeah, when he's packing up. Yeah, when we when he gets like we just that's the opening scene, but then immediately shows them. I guess the next night or something or late. I don't know what time of day it is, but they're packing up for this trip to Paris for his senior year. 
And he's supposed to be 17 years old. Dude yeah. looks like he's 26. The whole cast really does. They all look way too old to be in high school. Yeah, but that's just that's basically 90s high school. You right. had to be 30 to attend 90s high school. <laughs> it's kind of the rule. <laughs> I, like the mo- I like the mom trying to rip off the sticker, and we're already introduced to Alex being a phobia manic oh, dude. Yeah. Like, no, mom. I mean, like, last time I had it on a plane and I lived, so... I think I'm just going to keep it this time to be on a plane and live. Yeah. She's like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so what the dad says next, he does like the whole exposition dump of like, you're 17, you're he going to, to Paris. He seems to regret his own time in yeah. high school. <laughs> but I laugh because there's some <laughs> really... not have lived it up. Before the plane explodes, there are some really heavy-handed deaths coming for you moments of just... Like even in the opening, at one point it shows Alex remove a book from the shelf and... What's the next book on the shelf? Death of a Salesman. And it like yeah. zooms in on that for a little bit. And then for some reason during the opening credits too, did you notice they're flipping through some sort of like devil book? I don't know if you noticed that. It's a lot of weird like horrifying images of like people burning at the stake and mm-hmm. just like horned devil. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Ooh, but, spooky, spooky. But going to what you're saying though, after the mom says that, the dad does the exposition dump. As he's saying that though, the last thing he says is, You've got your whole life ahead of you. And how he says it is almost as if the dad knows. Like, the dad's banking on this. He's in on it. <laughs> he took he took a bet with death. <laughs> that would have been a cool ending. If you, ter- if you find out Alex's dad is death, that would be kind of... I mean, it wouldn't make any sense, but I'd be like, oh. <laughs> Looks like you wanted to say something there, John. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now then. <laughs> but, yeah, so they they pack up. And the timeline with that is a little weird because she, the mom says something about the Todd's, the friend, his parents are going to pick him up at three. And then they get to the airport. And it's, and like, it's already night again. Yeah. So I don't know. That we know, we know later that they're in a small town, but right. we don't know how small. And so maybe they really are like six hours from the airport. Yeah, it might be something. It, maybe it is. Yeah, they're supposed to be outside of Long Island, New York, somewhere. Yeah, because they're going to make it into the game or something, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, they're gonna go see the Yanks, but that's that's jumping ahead. <laughs> that's such, there's a lot of New York throwaway lines that I think are pretty funny. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention: Did you guys catch the the clock when Alex is asleep? Goes from one a.m. to one eighty. I mean, and then goes back how, to one o'clock. I don't know how you missed it. Pretty much zoomed in on it. <laughs> yeah, and wh- and why is that important? Because he that's the name of the flight. Flight one eighty. So think, Brian, okay, okay. Me. So if you are death. Or whatever. So I get he's supposed to know what death's plan is. And this is kind of a pet peeve I have with horror movies is why are they only doing things for the audience? Like Alex is asleep. Alex doesn't see the clock going 180. Who? Why is it going 180 at all except for just us? That's a good point. I've never really thought about that. You know, like when he's in the airport and he's like freaking out about all the like changing flights or something. At least something could happen there. We could have a 180 there or something, but in horror movies, when they do that stuff where like creepy ghost guy goes behind main character looking off screen, you're like, (gasps) but then it's just for us. Like the ghost didn't do anything. But you lead into a good segue though. So that, you know, we get to the airport and it's like you said, it's him free. Alex is freaking out about like every little thing. He's very on edge. And, um, I didn't realize until this movie and really paid attention. There are a lot of things at airports that like hint towards the afterlife or just death, like <laughs> terminal, 
departure (laughs) (laughs) even on like the ticket bag it says final destination yeah and i was like oh Oh, title drop that was there yeah (laughs) there's our title drop but yeah so we do the whole you know check it in classic airport thing to our cast of characters too oh that's true quite a a wily bunch they are they all have their letterman jackets on which are letterman jackets still a thing i don't know our school brought them back for a little while like some of the football players would wear them every now and then oh everyone who was varsity got a jacket they got one for free yeah or at least they got one. Oh, well, I, th- I think they just bought it. I don't think they got it for free. I just feel like, do you, does anybody wear those? Is that something that you're proud to wear? I mean, even as a varsity? I'm not, I wouldn't be. Some people are. Some people live and die in high school, <laughs> like in this movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's not, you know. Yeah, but we're introduced to the incredible cast of characters, which include a young Sean William Scott, famous for the American Pie movies, playing Stifler. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what his a, character what name. A goof. But yeah, his character's kind of ridiculous. What's his name? Billy. He's Billy. Billy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of his lines are calling Carter a dick and just being He's like not wrong. being up oh yeah, Carter is a dick. But most of his lines are just, Oh, Carter, you dick <laughs> and just kind of being like, Oh, what? I was trying to oh that's that's pretty much John William Scott's role through this whole movie. We're introduced to the brothers, uh Todd and his older brother. And Todd's Alex, our main protagonist's best friend. By the way, that brother, I recognize him from somewhere. And I don't think this is what it's from. <laughs> but I, I, from what little of Bones I watched, I'm pretty sure he was on that show. You watched Bones, right? A little bit. I think I'm he's, I think he's Bo- Booth's from Bones, like brother or something. Huh. So he's always the brother. He's it, always typecasted the brother. as brother. Always the brother, never the character. I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Effort. So we get introduced to Carter as well, who is apparently just the high school asshole, and his girlfriend Terry. Might be messing that up, Terry. But yeah, we all go into the airport, and this is definitely one of those pre nine eleven movies because they get to the terminal without the whole like six hour go through security. Oh, I mean, so this is 2000. This is right before 9-11. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it's funny how calm the airport is mm-hmm. and just in general. Like, even I, when they're taking them off the plane, you know, like, it's just like oh everything yeah, is so way back. too calm. Honestly, if a kid freaked out on a plane right now saying it's going to explode and all this other stuff, that plane's not taking yeah, off for a little grounded. while. It's grounded. It's grounded. You know, that's just <laughs> the world we live in now. I thought about that immediately. But, yeah, so... I love okay. I love um, Claire Clear Clear Rivers, the the girl, the weird girl, the art girl, or whatever. She's reading books, and she keeps changing books in the scene of like what she's reading. I thought that was just a continuity error. Is that supposed to be like she's just blowing through these books? No, she has like a stack of three books. Oh. But depending on what scene we are at the airport, she's reading a different book. Oh and gosh! I, I was having a hard time. I couldn't read the titles because I was thinking maybe they would be. You know, tongue in cheek about like, oh, death of a salesman. Maybe they would have her it's reading another something. I couldn't really read the titles, which is kind of making this a pointless comment. But yeah, no, I cool. I noticed that though. Go oh, yeah, because I I forgot to mention her. We're introduced to her, and she's kind of the last character besides the teacher, who isn't the main French teacher, but is just a teacher at the school that's going to go with them to Paris. Pretty sweet deal. Not to continue getting sidetracked, but senior year trip to Paris is. Pretty Swanky. sweet. Yeah. Didn't 
didn't get that opportunity. I mean, I got to go to New York, which was pretty cool. But, but that wasn't senior trip. That was like a another like the senior trip. We went to the beach. Yeah, that's true. Which is nice. That was nice. Yeah. Did you guys at your school do that? Anything like that? John? A senior trip. Yeah. Uh, no senior trip for us. No, we we did an eighth grade trip to New York, which was pretty cool. That is cool. Wow. Um, but you know who seemed the most excited about this trip? It it wasn't the students, in my opinion. It was the French teacher. He was pumped. Yeah. <laughs> Allons-y, les étudiants. You know, he oh, was just you know oh, ooh, showing, off, again. showing off the French. Allons-y, les étudiants. Wow. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even care of it. Like wow. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, let's go, students. Oh. That's that anticlimactic. Makes yeah. It makes sense. It sounds so much sexier when you say it. Yeah. Once we get on the, get everybody in the airport, though, obviously we're just waiting at the terminal and they all load up on the plane. And I do want to, I do want to point out one of my, like a weird line that kind of stuck out to me is as they're getting on the plane, the older brother of Todd sees that Alex is nervous about the flight. And uh, he kind of peeks into first class, sees a baby like, oh, that has to be a wicked guy to take this plane down. So that's a good sign. And then goes in, and then there's a guy suffering from, like, cerebral palsy or something like that in the other seat. And it's just him being like, oh, a real wicked god. And <laughs> obviously you already know at this point this plane's going down. Yeah. So that's kind of a weird little commentary. You'd be like, oh, man, what a wicked god to take this plane down. God doesn't exist. God, <laughs> only death. <laughs> Death is the only God, death and, and, and death is dad. Death is dad. <laughs> Hashtag death is dad. Your whole life ahead of you. Poor dad. Your whole, whole life, ahead, life of you. ahead of you. I love the brothers when his dad gives the older brother money, and then Todd is trying to get a piece of that. Like, as soon as they're in the airport. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, it's for your whole trip. Why are you trying to get some concessions at, the, like, the terminal? Yeah. That yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie. If that was me and my brother, I'm not seeing any of that cash. <laughs> I'm I'm sc- like scavenging. I'm scavenging in the streets of Paris but for like food also for the if next it's a couple senior days. Trip. Why are both of them going? Yeah, I was confused by that twins. too. And is is it supposed to be one French like just the French class? Because they say there's 40 students or something. Like 39 die in the crash. Which that's a super small class. Super small class. On top of that. We only see maybe 12, including background characters at any given point. Like, we never see 40 Well, we were also 40 to four people. teachers, and we saw two. There's supposed to be... Oh, there was supposed to be multiple teachers. Yeah, we only saw the two teachers. They were on... A little lazy. Yeah, they were in coach. Coach, <laughs> they were, coach. They were in coach, coach. they were in coach, but there's a coach, coach. Right. Well, let's move forward and get to the big moment of, you know, they get on the plane, Alex sits down... And uh, I actually really enjoyed this as a fake out because the whole scene takes place as if you're living through the crash. Mm -hmm. So they take off, things are going wrong, side of the plane blows out and you watch people get sucked out, which does raise the question, would you rather die in the explosion of the plane or get sucked out and take that like maybe you land safely <laughs> after people survive that stuff there's that skydiver who fell straight down unopened parachute and walked away that's a real thing so uh, i mean i'm going to explosion at that point that's a terrifying fall yeah also yeah, yeah you're strapped to the chair and it was dark you might not explode you're guaranteed to fall if you get sucked out yeah 
What? You're saying that if you're in the plane and it explodes, you might not die? You're dying in that plane. Eh. The whole plane explodes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's also some some flawed logic in there, like, saying how everything happened. I don't think it would really happen like that. Yeah, I honest, uh, I agree with that solely because I think for that kind of failure to happen, the pilot, there would have been some sort of, like, light that comes on for the pilot to be like, oh, maybe I should land the plane real quick here, or maybe we shouldn't take off. <laughs> but, yeah, so it does the whole plane explodes, and you see everybody die, and then as soon as Alex dies in the plane, Wakes up, he's on the plane, plane's still grounded. Sexy girls asking for a seat. Yeah, sec- both sexy girls. Two sexy girls are asking for a seat. Yeah. I feel like the, the girls that they would meet in France would be more attractive than the girls in their class. But they wouldn't have shaved armpits. Yeah. Mm. We learned that from Raw. That's probably a stay tuned, by the way. Yes, yeah. foreshadowing. So, back on the plane... Alex is freaking out, rightly so. I, I mean, Checks even his chair, his even new chair. yeah, even if it ended up being bullshit and it was just a bad dream, and that happened to me, I'm getting off that plane. Are you kidding me? There's no way to calm somebody down after something like that. That's terrifying, especially when you go and you check your chair. And oh, it's and broken. it does, yeah, yes. and it's the same thing, like I'm the deja vu. I'm yeah, off. getting the hell off that plane. That's very cool. vivid dream. So, in the process of getting taken off the plane by security because he's causing a scene. The rest of our cast of characters are forced off the plane as well. But who's he causing the scene with? It's Carter. It's Carter because he's a dick. Why? Yeah. Why does Carter have to stand up and tell? Why does he have a problem? Yeah. Just sit down and be quiet. Make out with your girlfriend now. Yeah, Terry. Got to respect Terry. I just I looked it up to make sure I was getting you know, her if, name right. If Carter had stayed on that plane, it would have saved us a lot of of heartache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just having to deal with he probably. He's probably the most frustrating character just because he literally brings... No, Billy's pretty pointless too, but both of them bring nothing to the table other than just being ramped up versions of either a dumbass or an asshole. So, right. You know, that's not necessarily true by the end of the movie, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> Ooh. Some foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing there. So they get taken off the plane. Security's telling them they can't get back on and they're going to be stuck. And if they want to go to Paris, they have to take the next flight. Da, da, da. They're talking to Alex, trying to see what happens. And just as they're, Alex is explaining his dream and you know how he was so scared, you see the plane take off in the distance and just explode. Glass going everywhere. Which so this is nice death touch. number one. I mean, death's plural, if you're uh, no, counting. This is, this is initial death, in right. my opinion. Okay. Not death plan. number one. This, this, is is, the plan. this is the plan. Okay. So that's initial death and from there uh, i i mean this is us growing up really you know on the latter half of 9-11 so my immediate thought process would be oh this kid's not leaving is going to guantanamo bay mm-hmm. like regardless this kid's going to guantanamo bay nah they kind of let him go because they're just like oh he's just a kid freaking out just so happened to predict an airplane blowing up well like so the scene where we see um, Alex go through the whole turbulence and the explosion, that scene is longer by like five times than when the plane takes off and explodes. Yeah, I noticed that too. The timeline does not match. It explodes they were... as it's going up, and it's it's not. It doesn't even look like it's left the tarmac. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then it explodes, and the windows like shatter, which I don't. No, that makes sense though, because an explosion that big would cause such a shockwave. I don't know if it'd reach that far, but somewhere nearby that explosion, there'd be some air pressure nonsense and some just blowing up glasses. I don't know if you're finding bodies on that. You're. I feel like you're disintegrating when that plane explodes. Or the falling bodies. It's Ooh, good bodies. point. Falling bodies. Back to the falling bodies. Yeah, when they're interviewing the when the FBI yeah the FBI start in. interviewing them because obviously a plane just exploded. I looked so. at the clock. They start interviewing Alex, and then it's like three hours later that they're interviewing Todd, and then it's two hours after Todd that they're interviewing the teacher. It's like past midnight that God. they've interviewed the teacher. That's and all the interviews are guilt trips. All of them are each person saying that they feel guilty for, you know, like not getting or not grabbing somebody else off the plane or somebody else being on the plane because of them. Like Todd saying, my brother told me to get off the plane and, you know, he stayed. Now my brother's dead. The teacher told the other teacher to go instead and she'd wait with the kids. That teacher died in the plane. It's all guilt trips. And I think Mulder and Scully would have done a better job with this investigation, these interrogations. 100%. This would have been a case, Mulder and Scully would have been, well, Mulder would have been all over it. What season would you have put this in? Was this when Scully was like, nothing like that exists? This would have been, this would have been end of season one or beginning of season two, where she's she's starting to believe, but she's skeptical. Hmm. Because it would have been a Mulder takes the case. Scully's like, it's just, you know, it was just a plane accident. I don't know why we're investigating this. But Mulder's like, no, something weird happened. He's like, this why is did this kid with their all the time. Yeah, why did this kid know the plane was going to explode? People die, Mulder, all the time <laughs> in strange ways. God, I miss X-Files. That doesn't mean the death incarnate is behind it. <laughs> so regardless, <laughs> um, Alex starts getting blamed for the deaths of everybody, right? So yeah. pretty, everybody pretty much turns on him at this point. Well, it's it's half mm-hmm. blaming, half they're afraid of him. And they, they're just mm-hmm. associating it with him. Yeah, they're just they're almost like they kind of blame him, not in the sense of he caused the explosion, but it's this weird tension of like, why didn't you save everybody? He's like, it's like bitch, I was screaming that the plane was going to explode. But yeah, then the parents finally come, pick up the kids, except for Allie, uh, Allie Larder. What's her? Is clear. It, is it clear, not Claire? Clear, clear as day. I thought it was Claire the whole time. I think it's Maybe it's spelled. Is it it spelled might be weird? spelled weird. It's spelled as clear. I don't yeah. want to question your, your fact checking. No, yeah, right. he's right. It's spelled C- L E A R and then rivers, clear rivers. Very weird. Rivers and reds, (laughs) clear rivers and reds. But we get the whole, you know, they give her a ride home, or Alex's parents give her a ride home. Just leave her in the rain. I thought that was pretty harsh. They didn't like check to see if she got into the house okay. They just drive off. But um, then it fast forward. Is it thirty days? It jumps like, no, it's 39 because the principal in the memorial service says it's been 39 days since we lost 39 members of our community. So, yeah, we've jumped 39 yeah, days that, to the memorial there's service. There's the news report that said 40 students and then immediately contradicted by 39. Yeah, immediately contradicted and by 39. It's so weird. I was like, maybe it was a rounding error, clerical error. Yeah, so we get a, a nice little memorial service and they, they put an eagle 
on it. <laughs> Wings soaring. Like, I, what the heck? And it's <laughs> it's one of those things, maybe... Maybe the school mascot, mascot. Yeah. is it their mascot? I don't know because it I'm might be their mascot, and it makes it okay. If it's not, I'm like, you're really associating this with flight. Like, come on, <laughs> have some class. <laughs> they're flying forever, Mark, and the they're the, soaring towards the heavens and then the exploded. Sky, <laughs> it's, it's the big sky in the sky. I I also want to point out a very '90s thing, which was an acoustic guitar playing during the service and that dude singing straight up like creed i don't know what song he's singing but he's just like soaring her and he doesn't look good you see him for about a split second as like alex is approaching the yeah that's a kid who went to a different school that's a hey we ran out of students (laughs) they died in that plane thing and him and Todd have that gangster mob moment where they're talking to each other but not really yeah i love too that there's that this seems so unnecessary that they're be- they're supposed to be best friends, and when they're having a conversation, Alex feels the need to say, "Don't take this the wrong way," but I miss you. What? What if other way s- is there to take it? I I think he meant like I'm not coming on to you because I I ain't no gay. But that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. If Peter, if we hadn't talked in 39 days <laughs> and you came up to me and said, hey, man, I've missed you. Don't take it. I wouldn't way. be like, get away from me, gay guy. <laughs> I ain't swing like that. I'd just be like, I miss you, too, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> you, you talk to Peter like you talk to your dog. Yeah, kind of. Sometimes <laughs> when he's good, when he's been a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the memorial just kind of gets more and more awkward and people talking to Alex, like the teachers doesn't want to talk to Alex. Freaks him out. Yeah. Freaks her out. Uh, Billy being classic dumbass walks up, asks, asks for his fortune. I guess he's like, am I going to die? Or, Ooh, this is a continuity error that maybe I misheard. I meant to rewind and go back. So Billy goes up to Alex and says, I took my driver's test yesterday. I got a 70, which is the lowest score you can get while passing. So he got his driver's license. He's on a bike the rest of the movie. Well, just because he has his license doesn't mean he has a car to drive. But why would they have the point of saying he got his license? Um, to show us that he could actually do something with his life. Maybe, maybe it was like I wouldn't have gotten my license if I had been on that plane. Maybe. I don't know. And I think you... And then Carter's like, you think I owe you my life or something? I don't. No, yeah. Carter has the best line of the whole movie, in my opinion. Is he, Yeah, he says, like, <laughs> he's just like, fuck you, Alex. I'm never going to die. <laughs> and you're like, well, now you're going to die. He's like, that's, okay, we all die. So yeah. let's, let's who, calm down, who Carter. Who says that? I control my own destiny. Yeah, Carter needed to take a volume. He was, <laughs> he, he was roided up this whole movie. You know what's funny about the Billy uh, driver's training thing is that he references some of his knowledge later in the movie. I don't know if you guys. Oh, when they're driving in the car. Yeah, when they're driving in the car. Um, so maybe it's just planted there early to to remember. Man, or it could be a, a long con or a, a joke they're gonna make in the future. Just yeah. planting those seeds. So you know, we move past the memorial and everyone kind of goes their separate ways. But bef- I just want to go ahead and throw this question out. Because everyone is sad, but kind of still together. You know what I mean? They're kind of together. If I got off a plane that exploded and most of my graduating class had died and I would survived, and this is just kind of a life-ruining moment. You're no, not I mean, going to be okay, You right? might be valedictorian now. 
Oh, that's true. No, no, I'd still probably <laughs> lose. <laughs> but you know what I mean? class rank goes up, though, right? Mm, probably. But I'm not wrong in that statement, though, right? Yikes. This ruins your life. You're not, like, just bouncing back from this. This is years of therapy. But your best friend's alive. Uh, he misses you, and you're talking about going to see a Yankee game. Yeah, there's, like, a girl who's looking at you now ever yeah. since she followed you off. I don't know, I think things are looking up. Allie Larder, the classic horror movie, oh, no one gets me, and I don't have any friends, but I'm, for some reason, incredibly attractive. <laughs> they even try to give her a bad haircut. Yeah, it still <laughs> doesn't work. She's... There are going to be some guys talking to her. I Yeah. Even in 90s standards, she's... Yeah, she's going to be fine. I don't know. And she knows her way around a car, too. Does she? I mean, she knows her way around... She's like a... Things. She does, like, sculpt, sculpting. Oh. It's not just sculpting, Mark. It's art. And it's like... I don't I don't buy that. She I don't has buy a cool that, dog, so too. She does have a cool dog. So we move past the memorial, and it cuts back to Alex in his room, and he has all of this literature now about explosions, about aerodynamics, all this. If I'm the FBI coming back to ask more questions and seeing that stuff, you're going, you're coming with me. It's weird. He's got the, like, model plane just kind of there, eye level with the computer. Oh, yeah. All He's, the books. It looks like he did it now. If it didn't look like before, his room now looks like he's planning another attack. So, but I, this is an incredible moment in this movie that I had completely forgotten about. He grabs the newspaper and sees Allie Larder as like her photo for the memorial service. And he's looking at it kind of like long like, oh, she kind of looks pretty. I like her. Puts it down, decides like, you know what? I'm, I'm a little stressed. I'll look at some porn. Just pulls out Penthouse Magazine. And then while like flipping through, he sees the picture of her, um, Allie Larder again. He's like, no. I probably shouldn't masturbate right now. Like, throws the porn. He's like, I got a girl now to think <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, I got a girl that gave me a rose at a memorial service. So, things are looking up. <laughs> <laughs> and then that uh, the owl, like, shows up in the window and he throws the, the porno mag at the owl because that's the response you have. Hooters. And the fan <laughs> tears up the magazine, but a little sliver of the magazine lands on his lap. What does it say on it? Todd. Todd. Dot. Dot. Does it have a period mm. on? Doesn't matter. It's just Todd backwards. It's a terrible joke. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, one, wow. one D there. <laughs> wow. God. <laughs> you think so, Todd spells his name with one D? No, it's two. Okay. I'm looking at it. Claire spells her name. Oh, no, wait, it weird. is one D. I thought, oh, maybe the newspaper thing had two Ds. Doesn't matter. Mm. Two Ds or not. So two now D's. Alex knows Todd's going to die, or he thinks Todd might die. He's very concerned. We show Todd in his bathroom. You know, first we get a nice little weird, unnecessary. He's gonna take a dump. It looks like, and then Todd decides to shave. It looks about ten o'clock at night. I've never shaved before going to sleep because you, you wake that? you wake up with five o'clock like stubble. Maybe that's part of the plan in high school, man. That's cool. He didn't even have stuff on his face. Okay, okay. Ex- you can explain that away. Explain to me why he does that dry. No lather, no shaving cream at all. So I will say, haven't shaved with cream in like nine years. Why? Do you uh, do it in the shower? Why in the shower? I've done it in the shower. I've not done it in the shower. Do you That's use water? Yeah. yeah. That's is still... It, is it hot water? It is hot water. So you just use water and... Yeah. You just... Because you're a... That... that 
like that has to be like a check mark on the like sociopathy. Wait, why? It doesn't. That's it weird, doesn't do man. Anything. I don't know. It's that's how you cut yourself, like real bad. Like you cut yourself with dull razors. You cut yourself with sharp ones too. Yeah, but it's all about how your skin's either irritated, raised, and so in the end, it doesn't yeah. really matter for Todd because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. We we, we got a little bit sidetracked like there. We, let's let's, just, let's not shame him for not using cream. Sorry, that Some just of us bugged at the table. Me. Don't use shaving cream. I stopped shaving, so I don't have that problem anymore. But we got a little bit sidetracked there. So Todd <laughs> is the first of the crazy deaths that this movie then sets up. Because the toilet stops starts leaking water but from the bottom, it's bluish water. Yeah, I noticed that too. I think it was just to make it stand out more on camera. I don't think we're supposed to read into that any further than that. And there's kind of an air that enters the room, right? Yeah, there's like a gust <coughs> of wind that's reoccurring. I'm assuming that's supposed to be death. Like mm-hmm. the gust of wind is death. And uh, he sees a little apparition in the mirror. Yeah. After he cuts himself. And so we get a couple little fake outs of you think he's going to slip and like cut himself with a razor. And then he's like trimming his nose hair. And you think maybe he's going to slip, stab himself in there. And you think then he like plugs in a radio as the water's getting closer. So you think, oh, he's going to electrocute himself. But no, he slips, falls onto. uh, Yeah, because his mom or whatever is drying laundry in the the bathtub. Have you ever seen that before? Okay, no. That's what they have those in hotels too, Damn. so you can hang them across. Yeah, no, never seen that, so I can be shamed for shaming Shame for that, and you can be shamed for shaming me for no shaving cream. There's a lot of shaming going on, but anyways, he falls into the one of those clothes lines, tangled up around his neck, and he falls into the tub because there's water all over his feet. He can't stand no, it's, up. He's, he's it's the shampoo or whatever falls in. Oh he's yeah, like and on so he's slipping on the shampoo, and he's pulling at the wire. But fool should have used his God-given arms, and held himself on the freaking tub. Yeah, what or he could have rolled out. He could have rolled out of he the could, tub and gotten a better... There are like 10 ways out of that tub that did not involve him dying. Oh, yeah, for sure. His is the... His is the... I think he could have saved himself death. The other kids, they ain't saving themselves. So one thing I will give the death, the eyes were... Cr- what they yeah, did that, was, that was gross. Crazy. It was tough to watch. It, it was pretty gross. Yeah, like you don't. I I say you. I don't usually see movies where they do that when someone is like suffocating, where they do the eye stuff. Yeah, where they're getting choked out. Yeah, that's that's a pretty harsh one. Regardless, so Todd's dead. Our first official death. And it's sad because he's like the he's the only redeeming character. Yeah, I liked Todd. I wanted him to go see the Yanks. I wanted I wanted him to see the Yanks, but yeah. So he's toast in our first death of you know death coming after those who survived. Yeah, because. Because Alex arrives on the scene. Because he you got know. Todd, the premonition. And yeah, the Todd premonition. His dad somehow blamed, or not Todd's, yeah, Todd's dad blames, blames Alex him. for both of his son's death now. Well, because he, he says that Todd killed himself because he couldn't live with the living. Oh, yeah. It was all Alex's fault. Yeah. And then Alex is, a, is being a dick in this moment when he goes, actually... Todd was fine. It was your fault. Oh, yeah. He was like, he was waiting. He forgave me. He was waiting for you to get over it. We were going to go see the Yankees. So you <laughs> kill yourself next, sir. Oh, gosh. That would have been a bad lie. <laughs> I mean, he kind of like, yeah. he was not being sympathetic. Yeah, but Allie Larder's at the scene. And what? for some reason, she does. She tries to explain it later, but doesn't do a good job. She, yeah. But her and Alex run off to her house. Or no, no, uh, I guess Alex goes the next day to her house to try to talk to her about why she was at yeah. Todd's house. 
And uh, that's a circle conversation that's pointless. Why are you at Todd's house? Because um, I, I felt I felt that you were telling the truth. That doesn't explain what you're at she, she feels what Alex sees. Yeah. She's like, we hadn't talked once in three years or whatever. And then when that happened, I just, I knew. I felt what you felt. Doesn't so explain why this is an important scene though because it's I, I believe correct me if I'm wrong the first time they talk about death having a design, kind of. And well, they they re- they reference that it seems like death is coming for them or something because this is when they decide to break into the mortuary mortuary, mm-hmm. yeah, the to morgue see the body to see the body. Which screw that. Alex is taking the death of his best friend way too well. Some would I, say he looks responsible. Yeah. He, but he's like, yeah, let's go check out my dead best friend's body. That's not going to be scarring. Like, come on. Are you kidding me? But anyway. If you've seen the stuff he's seen. Yeah. They, this, yeah, so they break into the morgue. And uh, when they break into the morgue, we're introduced to, what's that actor's name? Candyman. Tony Todd, who plays Candyman in those horror films. I never liked those. Uh, who is the mortician. And he seems to know way too much about death. Well, all and the mortician, like, I think when a mortician shows up in a movie, they have to ha- know death personally. Yeah, that's kind of weird. They they help educate us on what's going on in a really creepy way, I think. Yeah, but the, the mortician lays down what you were talking about, lays down mm-hmm. the whole, you cheated death, now death's coming for you, because death always gets gets what it wants or something like that. Frankly, scares the bejesus out of the Alex and clear. And then he says, I'll see you later. See you later. That's not threatening at all. And I also love how they snuck in just through the, through the skyline. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. But, and this is another timeline thing. Cause that was in the middle of the night. It seemed like when they were coming through the skyline immediately cuts to them at a coffee shop in the middle of the day. Maybe it's the next morning. I don't know. We don't really get a picture, but they're having coffee and they're talking about this design more. And we first get our first real like full on discussion of how it's happening. And Alex realizes that Todd would have been the first to die. Or no, no, this isn't when he realizes Todd is the first to die because before they get to that point, it turns into like a mini reunion. Mm-hmm. All the survivors of the plane are at this coffee shop at this one point. And, and we see a bunch of things that same way with Todd in his bathroom that we're like, I wonder. Oh, yeah. It's a bunch of little fake people. Outs. We see a bus drive by. Well, the bus isn't there. He hallucinates the bus in the glass. Oh, I he thought sees there was the, a bus. No, he, see, he sees the bus in the glass, turns around, the bus isn't there. Mm. And uh, But like the, the conversation, you know, the conversation turns to um, Carter being a dick again. Again. Yelling at Alex. And then I can't tell if he's like trying to bully the teacher for moving because the teacher's going to move. Well, yeah, he's he's getting the teacher to say she's moving because of the incident, and the incident is Alex's fault. Right. It's all to just shame Alex and make yeah. Alex feel bad for making the teacher move ever since, well, yeah, yeah, she lived in the town her whole life. And all of that happens and is like the final straw for Carter's girlfriend, Terry, and she gives this big, you know what, I'm moving on with my life. This plane is not going to be the most important thing that happens to me. Sorry, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, even if you did survive this movie, it's going to be like top five your entire life. 
life ruining moment. I'm sorry. But regardless, she's kind of flipping them the bird of a like, yeah, I'm moving on. Forget you guys. Bus hits her. She doesn't check both ways before crossing the street. Also, none of them gave her a heads up of, hey, there's a bus coming. Well, we and weren't it, giving a heads up either. It was a l- as as it comes we saw screen. Alex's hallucination. I mean, we should have known yeah. as the audience. But I also, her. <laughs> there was a lot of blood. Like, oh, I like Mortal Kombat be, level. Would blood. there be, though, a bus traveling like 40 no. miles an hour hitting somebody? I don't That's know if we would see it like it we did in it this. Wouldn't, uh, like, ex- especially not that far. You know, it's been a while since I've hit someone with a bus <laughs> or been around someone who's been hit by a bus. Yeah, it's been a few years for me, too. But you see accidents, or maybe you don't see accidents. It does not explode. It does like an that. explosion. Anyway, this is a, probably the quickest cut because it just cuts to Alex is like watching TV while Claire's trying to get a hold of him on the phone. And then while he's watching TV, the, the news. The <laughs> uh, it's Claire. Yeah, the he's <laughs> in the shower. I like how caring the dad is, though. It's a good It's a good movie dad. Remember, he's trying to live it up because uh, he obviously didn't. Oh, yeah, he didn't when he was young. Yeah, I bet and he feels guilty for telling the son to go and live it up. Right. And while they're watching TV, News Channel gives an exposition dump of what actually happened on the plane of and course. what caused it to explode. And that's when Alex realizes what the design is. They're all going to die in the order they were supposed to have died from the plane exploding. So that means that the teacher... What's her name? Miss Luton. 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 Miss Luton is next. So Alex becomes creepy Alex and decides to just like stalk her house. Again, not really helping this whole idea that he's behind all of it. Because we see her at her house. She sees him patro- patrolling in like the bushes and prowling around. And like, who's not going to call the cops? Yeah. FBI show up arrest him while she's preparing some tea which was a whole weird scene like remember she just throws the tea out but why does she throw the tea i think she, it's like, because makes tea and then just throws it at one I, point. I think she noticed the mug had the high school logo oh. on it and it reminded her of the plane crash and so she's trying to move on from that part of her life mug. okay we right. didn't mention yet john denver Oh, yeah, John Denver reoccurs the even multiple more, times. He's even more on the nose for all this stuff that's going on because he died in a plane crash. Which, If you didn't already know that going into the movie, you were introduced to the fact as soon as you hear John Denver for the first time. Like, John Denver, he died in a plane crash. And we're just listening to Rocky Mountain High all the time. Yeah. Which she puts Yeah, she on. puts that record on. And I don't know if you guys noticed, Girl. the stained glass on her front door is a knife. Yeah, why would you do that? Who picks that? That's a great design. But while she's preparing her tea and then gets rid of the tea and goes straight to the vodka, I respect that. Uh, she, you know, another classic setup of weird things happening. The mug starts to crack, which leaks the vodka out onto a computer, which is a, it's a '90s computer. And uh, to all our super young listeners, those things used to be massive. And I completely, this is probably the most realistic part of this movie. If I feel like those old computers, if you got, if it was, the humidity was too high, you're frying that computer. Like just, but yeah, the liquid drops through, catches fire and explodes. How much it drops and she doesn't realize it's dropping. Yeah, she would have noticed because it leaves like a huge trail. And uh, even from just, not if she had seen it come out, just from the fact of sipping, being like, I know I didn't drink that much of it. 
But yeah, computer explodes. Shard of glass straight to the neck. Pretty rough way to go. And so in that time of her like making the tea, dumping the tea out, going to the computer or whatever, we're supposed to assume that Alex has been picked up by the cops, interrogated by the cops, released by the cops, and now back at her residence oh, to help her? at the part when she now has the glass in her throat. Yeah, that's that's a pretty, pretty stretch. Unless the police station is like right down the road from her it place. It is a which, small town. But it's not that small. Yeah. Because the boy is on foot. Yeah. Well, before we get to the teacher's final death, I guess we should talk about his interrogation a little bit because that is some straight up creepy shit he says to those cops. Yeah. He does not help himself in his case. No. When they ask, can you promise us no one else will die? And he goes, no. No, that's when you go, no, yes. He says, he says, no, not while I'm in here because <laughs> only I can stop it. Yeah, you're not leaving that room, buddy. But they let him go. They're like, okay. Mulder and Scully would not have let him go. Never. Or if they did, they would have followed him. Oh, yeah, they would. No, you're Mm -hmm. right. Mulder would have let him go, and Scully would have been mad, being like, what are you doing? You just let the killer go. He's like, we're going to follow him. The camera would have stayed in the room, and then Mulder would have looked at Scully and go, we're going. Yeah. And it would cut. Exactly. He's like, you know what we got to do, right? She's like, don't tell me we're going to have to follow him. It's a good impression. This I is a pretty good impression. I felt like they were in the movie. <laughs> the would have been such a good one. Going back to the house where our teacher lady is dying, bleeding from the neck. She stumbles into her kitchen, which I guess we should also point out, a fire has spread from the, the vodka trail from her mug. Yeah, it goes from drops to just strip of... Yeah, she it, poured gasoline all over her house when we weren't looking. That's how that works. But while she she slips and falls and then reaches for a towel that's that sitting on some... she had put up on the stupid knives. Put on some knives, on the kitchen knife holder. Because real smart. Yeah, real smart lady. She pulls the the towel off, big-ass kitchen knife straight to the chest. Uh, now, <laughs> I actually laughed at this next part because, like you said, Alex busts in. He tries to help her. Before he can help her, a chair just falls over and just smacks the knife deeper. And she's dead. Yeah, because what happens that makes the chair fall over? I don't remember. Did you catch it, John? I didn't catch it. Yeah, it's it's really quick. I I must. I, we all missed it, but it's basically Alex next to her body being like, "It's okay, it's okay. I'm gonna help." And then just chair falls on it. It's just death being like, "No, you ain't." Like <laughs> I don't want to victim blame, but she was haphazardly throwing all this stuff around. Yeah, she did not help herself out. Yeah, so the teacher's dead at this point, and dumbass Alex grabs the knife and yeah. pulls it out of her. Yeah. You're holding the murder weapon. Uh, so he sprints out of the house because he knows it's going to explode. And we see his footprint in the blood. And uh, <laughs> when he's leaving the house, he runs into Sean William Scott. On a bike. On a bike. He's like, oh, hey, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's just outside the house. Hey man, what you doing? Oh, just house, a bike. house explodes, <laughs> <laughs> and then Alex just takes off. And if I'm Billy in that situation, yeah, I'm gonna tell the cops what I saw later in the movie when they're mad at him. They're like, "Why'd you do that?" He's like, "Cause I saw you run out of a house, then it exploded, then the police told me that our." teacher was murdered in your there. footprint was caramelized <laughs> you tell me why i shouldn't have told the police like come on but yeah alex disappears so ali larder's character clear 
goes pulls Carter and Billy together to be like, we got to find Alex because he's the only one that knows who's next. I don't know how they, how they think they can find Alex. Like, why do they think Alex would be where they ended up finding him? It's never really explained, but they find him. He's at the lake where the plane, expo- the lake that the plane exploded over, I think. And so he's just sitting introspective. And we get a little backstory about Claire and uh, about how her dad was, had her fit, had his face blown off in a, like, like a drugstore or something, right? Oh yeah, he uh, was told not to turn around, and then because he heard noise, he turned around. Classic, not following instructions. Classic made mm-hmm. you look. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. But once they find Alex, and they're all in the car. This is what you were talking about earlier, where Carter, because he's a dick. Why they let him drive, I'll never understand. Because it's probably his car. It is. A, it is a, is a nice, nice car. car. That is a real nice car. But they're in the car, and Alex is giving him the whole spiel on what's going to happen next, about who, you know death's coming for us all, and the whole design. And Carter flips his shit and is like, "No, no one controls my life but me." And we get a like, it's probably like a solid five minute montage of him just driving recklessly <laughs> while they're yelling at him to slow down. It's a little longer than I would have liked. Yeah, <laughs> he takes his hands off the wheel at one point, and then they almost you know, crash. Almost crash a couple times. Then they're finally like. Carter, stop this car now. And he's like, fine. And he stops intentionally on a railroad track. And, of course, they all get out of the car. And But Carter's like, no, I'm too cool, man. I'm going to I'm gonna go out my and way. By, and Alex has had the premonition of a seatbelt malfunctioning. Oh, yeah, of a seatbelt malfunctioning. But, yeah, that kind of tricked me. I actually I rewound that scene. he wasn't wearing it, but then he was. Yeah, because the way they shot that makes it seem like it's not a premonition. It just makes it seem like... Oh, he doesn't have a seatbelt, and then later just shows he has a seatbelt, and you're like, oh, yeah, that threw me off. But Carter, you know, thinks he's being a big bad man. He's like, no, I'm not getting out of the car as the train gets closer, and then he changes his mind. I think because he was like trying to show Alex that he's in control, right? But he wasn't. He's like, I'm in control of my destiny. But he wasn't in control because he tried to get out of the car. Couldn't get out of the car. The, okay, so the car locks itself. Yeah, magic car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of weird, like, magic stuff. Because, like, in um, Todd's death at the beginning of the movie, well, the, the water, water that came out and it magically back recedes back in. That's a little much for me. I would have preferred if it had just been, like, the water was there. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, car locks itself. You can't undo a seatbelt. So, uh, but Alex is able to pull him out of the car just before the train hits. And I don't know if you guys noticed, they did not have enough time. No, they didn't. The moment the train hits, he hadn't even gotten they're him like halfway. Dead. Yeah, they're both dead. They're that's a they cut that way too close in terms of editing. <laughs> the train just hit and runs. Yeah, train doesn't, doesn't stop. stop. But this is I thought the teacher would be my favorite death. And I, you know, you guys can talk about your favorite death. The next death that happens because they saved Alex and they do the whole realization of, oh, I intervened. And they're like, then who's next? Billy it was next on the list. And while he's freaking out being like, oh, my gosh, Carter's going to die next. Carter's going to die next. Shrapnel from the car but he's also flies super out. super weird. Yeah. He's like within arm's reach of the train. Yeah. And then he turns around and he's like squealing almost. Yeah, but but the shrapnel from the car... Gets stuck under the train, flies out, 
cuts Billy's head clear, clear off. off. That I'm like I loved that because that is so. All the other ones are the weird build up, and it's you know like kind of fake outs. That just happens instantly, and it's kind of one of those. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to write off a character. What do you think they told that that actor? Uh, they're probably like, "Hey man, we realized we didn't really give you a character, so we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna call it a day. You're gonna get your head cut off. Um, then I guess you can just go home." <laughs> you know, keep the costume. You know, you can keep the shrapnel as a prop if you want. Probably was his costume. His, like, he probably he owned, owned that. Yeah, he had a weird another like cast off. You know, New York line too about like I don't want to die before the Jets win a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. We're still waiting. I think. Right. <laughs> When's the last time the Jets yeah. won a Super Bowl? Oh man, they haven't been relevant in a while. But yeah, so Billy's gone. So the final three are Claire, Carter, and Alex. But uh, I guess Carter's in the clear because it skipped him. So now the big the big threat is Alex. Alex is next. And we get a weird, pointless, like, him chilling in a cabin for a little while. Even though I did enjoy him baby-proofing the cabin. Eating that was a kind of funny meat. scene. Yeah. That was, that was pretty funny. And this is one of the points of the movie I get mad at, too, because they start referring to death as a person. Like it's a, they're talking to death as if it's a literal just figure. They're like, I got you now. You can't get me here. He's like yelling into the nothingness. I don't know. I didn't like that. On the door (laughs) thing. So he opens the can with gloves and he like spoons it out. I liked, yeah, I liked. It's weird. It's like Home Alone style. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And death is just like uncreative i guess well yeah and i i do laugh there's a line where the where he opens the closet after something almost got him yeah and it's the fish hooks yeah and he's like ugh, rusted tetanus i see what you're getting yeah at. and what? it made me think i actually would have loved it if some of these deaths were super shocking so it's the teacher getting stabbed in the chest billy gets his head cut off maybe like Maybe Alex finds out he has, like, stage four lung cancer out of nowhere. And then it's like, wow. Yeah, like, he goes to the hospital because he's coughing a lot. Brain metastases. Exactly. And so it's just him going to the doctor. And the doctor being like, how much do you smoke? He's like, I don't smoke. You have stage four lung cancer. Death. (laughs) You win this time. (laughs) Like, that'd be kind of. What a long-ass movie to watch a guy of. (laughs) 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 If he actually did. That I, I, that's actually that would have been pretty funny that or it's just like a cliffhanger if that's like the cliffhanger where they think they've beat death yeah. but then he goes to the hospital and finds out he has some incurable disease which tetanus isn't incurable yeah. tetanus you're fine you just need a shot but nice while while alex is in this cabin freaking out over nothing uh being paranoid uh great acting of paranoid i say sarcastically we find out oh wait he didn't actually switch seats on that plane when the explosion happened so it's not him it's clear clear's next (gasps) so when we get a like weird (laughs) did you guys laugh at the canoe getaway of him running out of the (laughs) (laughs) he runs out of the cabin and the FBI are there and he's like I gotta get away and he grabs the canoe (laughs) One one paddles. Paddles out, out to the lake. Eight, 
And so, so my, my thought, too, was we had two cop cars, and both followed to go to the other side of the lake. Yeah. If Peter was getting away in a canoe, <laughs> and both cops, like, went, I've just turned around as they're, like, lost and going back to the other side of the lake. I just turn around and get just, back up on my side. I just want to be in the rider room for that moment. It's like, okay, so the police arrive. Alex is cornered. How do we get him out of there? Oh. Well, is there a lake nearby? Yeah, yeah. Are you thinking he like jumps? He jumps out of the cabin into the lake and tries no. to like, swim away. No no, 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 no. No. Oh, you're thinking like a like a fishing boat. Oh, no, 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 no. no that's too expensive. We can't get that. I got a canoe out back. <laughs> we can put that in the, the lake. What about a a canoe? Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. What's your name? <laughs> James Wong. You're now the head writer. <laughs> yeah, but, and to think that like James Wong and Morgan they took the script. That was given to them and rewrote it. So that might have been something that they put in. Oh, I a hope so. Getaway. A, a canoe getaway. Oh, man. But Sounds like a bad band name. He had Gendry arms going on right then. Yeah, he did. He was rowing real fast. There's a quick scene where you can tell it's not the actor putting the canoe in the water. Because <laughs> I paused it. They got a stunt double to that put a canoe in the water I mean, and then jump in and start paddling. Yeah. That's well, you know, like Fellowship of the Ring, Sean Austin. Yeah, he stepped on glass. glass. In the, in the, those are dangerous because places. Because he cares about his craft, though. Yeah. Obviously, Alex Browning, who played... Oh, no, wait. Alex Browning's the character. Devin Saw? Sawa? I don't know how to say that last name. He doesn't care about his craft. But I digress. After we led through a quick, tra- a quick chase while Alex is running away from the FBI... He's running towards Claire's house. What's happening at Claire's house? Shit's hitting the fan. Everything's hitting a fan. Yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> Lightning strikes a power line. There's a it's power line ridiculous. running around. And uh, her German shepherd's freaking out trying to bite the electricity, which I want to say a dog wouldn't do, but that's totally what a dog would do. A dog would try. Like Miles. John, wouldn't Miles try to eat electricity? No, he totally would. Yeah, that's, that's classic dog but, moment. Have we all seen downed wires before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have they ever done that? No, because when they go down, um, they still are charged, but they're not shooting out lightning like the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> so if death is capable of having all these things happen and like calling lightning from the sky and stuff, uh, tornado, I, yeah, something. Like too much? But yeah, that wire ends up hitting the house and short circuiting everything in Ev- the lights. Every, not it's just it's everything. Everything explodes in the house. I'm not gonna lie, that is everything. a that is a pretty cool shot though of everything just exploding. Cause it's like no surge protector. That's a pretty terrifying moment in your life. <laughs> but Claire tries to get in her car to drive away. Does decides not to lift the garage door. Maybe the garage door is not working because everything short circuited. They didn't really say that very well so she drives through the back and then gets her car stuck and then (laughs) the electrical wire finds its way under the hood of the car just flailing so now she can't get out of the car does that make sense well i guess if she touched the handle she wouldn't be grounded anymore right like because the metal the handle's metal but the tires i don't know how that works but yeah she can't get out of the car apparently but then the car starts catching fire, and this is when Alex arrives to try to save the day. White Savior. White Savior. And up until this point, they kind of subtly hinted that Alex and uh, Claire have gotten closer, and I guess, in a relationship. I'm not, I may be crazy, but there's like three or four times they call each other baby. Like, really subtly. They're like, babe, babe. 
and there's been no lead up to them actually being a couple at this yeah, point. Yeah, except the scene with her explaining what art is to him. Right. Like, Which is, you can totally tell she's an only child and only meaning no parents. If they're going to do the romance angle on this, just make her the girlfriend from the beginning of the movie. Right. Just Not, make her the girlfriend from the beginning like, of the movie. She's a recluse, still a recluse. Yeah, you can just make that a part of her character that she's distant, and maybe they've been going through some problems, but just have them already be a couple and not wor- force this weird romance thing in. Yeah, because I don't know how long it's been. You know, So we know 39 days later... They have the memorial, but we don't really know how much time is going on between all this other stuff. Yeah, the timeline's a little wonky. But Alex shows up, decides he's going to take the cable off of the car and hold on to it as long as he can so she can escape, sacrificing himself. And he gives her the whole pep talk of like, it's going to skip you and then I'm going to die, but you have to prepare yourself. And so he sacrifices himself, but... Gets blown away by the explosion. And his head hits the top of the garage and breaks through it. I'm sorry, he's dead. He's dead. They have him survive this, but he's dead. There's no way you survive a full jolt of electricity from a cable like that, plus having your head smack through the top part of a garage door. I'm sorry, you're you're out. He's got his father's head. He's a thick skull. Yeah, Very thick skull. But they do the fake out of Alex is lying there unconscious. And this is one of the scenes. I'm pretty sure Claire walk, like runs up and is like, Alex, no. Babe, come babe. on, wake up. Babe, wake up. And the like, FBI try to help him. And I'm like, babe, I mean, let's not. Eh, you haven't even really had a date. Let's. This might be a good time for Alex to escape this relationship, actually. Yeah. But Overly attached acquaintance. But yeah, so fade to black. And you think the movie's over? Nope. Six months later, and uh, they do a little fake out where it's Carter and Claire on a plane, and they've landed in Paris, but then Alex sneaks up behind him, which implies that they didn't sit together, which is weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should have just sat together. And also, so six months, 39 days, so mm, let's say like it's been like s- nine months since the plane goes down, maybe a little less. Already back on a plane? Yeah. You could not pay me to get on a plane again. Like, they make that joke. They're like, I can't believe we got on a plane again. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, no one can. Are you kidding me? I mean, they got over the death of their best friend pretty fast, yeah. too. So. And um, Carter's girlfriend. He's like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, she's never mentioned again. I don't think yeah, maybe. well, he tries to carve her name into the He's, memorial in one but scene. That's now. it. That's it. I would like to point out, they well, probably didn't. they probably didn't pay for this flight, by the way, to Paris. This, those three are having the rest of their lives paid for by those airlines. You know they are, because they could have died. Maybe the, maybe unlimited complimentary peanuts. <laughs> I don't think there's a way. Free in-flight movies and free headphones. Yeah, that seems fair. That seems fair. Or maybe you know, so clear she dyed her hair blonde. Yeah, that's how we know the passage of time. It happened. <laughs> she matured. She died. She cut her bangs. Blonde hair. That's what Allie Larder actually looks like. So I'm, I wonder if this was an added-on scene, like they filmed later. But Allie Larder had already like let her hair grow back down. They were like, "Nah, passage of time, it works." But they go to Paris and they're in a little pub or something mm-hmm. on the corner, cafe or something, cafe, and they're drinking a beer, doing the toast. Yeah, and because uh, and they're Al- eighteen or whatever, you know, they can drink beer in France. Oh, that's true. No, they're seventeen, I'm or maybe they turned eighteen. Nine we're, months, right? Like who knows? 
but still not old enough in our great nation. Once we see them in Paris, though, Alex won't let the whole death design go and tries to explain and, to him. Card's like, not again, man. He's like, not friends. again, because they're friends. Yeah, they're now. friends now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know why Carter's there. Why you invite Carter to this? I don't care what you've been through. That dude's an asshole. He's Mark, changed. Yeah, we skipped about six months of character building. Character building? He immediately starts making fun of Alex and being a dick to Alex again. Like, no character change. <laughs> but anyway, we find out that through the situation that had happened, it didn't skip Alex because the explosion blew, blew him away before he could have died from the electricity or whatever. So no one had intervened. So it never skipped him. And uh, he freaks out, starts being like, everyone stay away from me. And a bus almost hits him, which then causes like a Ruth Goldsberg machine to knock a sign down. But I guess a little bit of a character change. Carter does push him out of the way and save him. And we get the closing line of, uh, I knew you were next. And then it's Alex being like, but it skipped me. And it's Carter looking dumbfaced, but then who's next? next? As the sign comes back down to just obliterate him, fade to black. As the, the credits roll on the screen. Yeah. Which I actually enjoy that as an ending. That's a good ending to a movie like this. It was our final destination. Is the was audience. our final destination. I would have been happy if they didn't make any more of these movies. But having said that, this is I will say this is not a good movie. No. But it's fun. It is fun. It's a fun movie. This is definitely a just hanging out, watch something. As far as those like, teen horror movies go, this is good. Yeah, this is fun. This also has the classic like 90s cover where it's all the characters kind of staggered. You know, like forming like a triangle on the front, staggered as they go back kind of thing. That was just the 90s thing for horror movies. Like it was Scream, Phantoms, this. Oh, Scream was so good. Um, what else came out around then? There's a cu- there's a couple more like that that are just like, why are you all lined up like that? Um, what's the skulls? Oh, the skulls is like that. I think that's a that's a stay tuned. I'd w- we should do skulls at some point. But yeah, that's that's final destination. I mean, what I just do you also, guys? I also love the at the very end with the they're in France and the random dude is playing John Denver. Oh yeah, Dude, John Denver follows a, you everywhere in a bad French <laughs> accent. Yeah. So, what are you guys' final thoughts, though, John? I I think it's a watch. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's fun, as you guys are saying. It's uh, it's a movie that if you know what you're getting into, you'll get exactly that out of it. Yeah, this isn't a expect expect the best type of movie. And Peter, you kind of talked on that a little bit. Fast paced. Yeah, I think there's scenes. There are definitely parts that drag. Like the cabin scene drags on for a little while. There's some other parts in the middle that dragged where I'm like, ah, this could have been sped up. And but yeah, and then the forced relationship seemed unnecessary. But it's a fun idea. Yeah, it's a fun idea, fun movie. And like I said at the beginning, this is referenced when other movies do certain kind of like wacky deaths or there's like a weird build up. There's yeah. definitely this did change things a little bit. It's kind of in the same way Saw did, where. It wasn't a. I guess I shouldn't compare it to Saw because Saw was more of a genre, like shift in terms of what movies came out after it. But it set up that tone of what people compare stuff to. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of important in that yeah. regard. Like it, it was, it was the culmination of everything that had come before it, and then it was also being like, well, we could do something a little different. 
Because, you know, like, I know what you did last summer. Like, all these teen horror movies that, like, came before. They were all, like, slashers, yeah. Yeah, and then this is like, well, how about we have a a body count like a slasher, but you don't actually see the slasher ever. Right, because it's, like, a yeah, it's theoretical like a thing. And so, like, I think it's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool idea. Voice crack a little bit. Well there. done, Wong. Well done. And Morgan. Turn of the Millennium, a uh, new type of horror. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love movies that came out in the 2000, 98, 99, a little bit into 2001. If they were made in 2001, like prior to 9-11, they all have this same kind of weird vibe to them that I just really love. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think good place to kind of wrap this up. Um, I don't think we've decided our movie for next week, but uh, if you want to leave us a comment or email us, please email us at T-M-N-T podcast at gmail.com. F-T. Oh, gosh. I messed that up. <laughs> Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ninja it's because you, <laughs> you guys got me thinking about Maybe that's teenage. a Halloween costume idea, though. <laughs> I apologize. It's Too Much Free Time Podcast. So it's T-M-F-T podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on Twitter and leave us a comment there, it's also T-M-F-T podcast. So uh, leave us a comment, rag on us, hate on us, let us know what you like, what you don't like, tell us if it's too long, too short. Tell us what movie to watch. Yeah, recommend movies. Uh, We'll eventually, when we get enough recommendations, do a whole season dedicated to that. Uh, But again, this is still in the beta phase, so be ruthless. If you want to make fun of my face, even though you can't see it, I'm okay with it. Um, Just, you know, be gentle. Uh, Leave my mother out of this. That'd be nice. Um, And I guess with that... uh, We'll see you guys next week. Good night.